throughout this game and just being able to come up in the system, especially being a rookie. And then now my second year playing under him and learning different things under him is, is a great thing because I can see the, the future for myself and just getting better each day. As I'm playing, they're telling me what they're seeing uh, based off of their past experience. So just having them in the room um, and meetings is, 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 a, is a big change for us and something you know, great for me. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast or as we lovingly refer to it around here, MVP. This is episode 115, and can can we say Victory Wednesday still? Are we allowed to do that, guys? It's always the turning point for the week to go to the next week, but yes, we can uh, revel in the fact that we did get a win this past week. It was just uh, the manner that, that it happened. Uh, people were a little angsty about it, but I think uh, the nice thing is you got to win. You're going to Carolina right before the bye. Keep the train rolling at this point. And that is why we have the positivity power minute, because we can't dwell on the negative. And um, speaking of positive things, we have a special co-host today on the podcast. You just heard Jay Nelson, who's here with us every week. But this week we have Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. He is all over Vikings.com with his incredible writing. He's a great follow on Twitter at Eric underscore L underscore Smith. I wanted to make sure I got that correct. He's also on Viking Entertainment Network's latest show, Opposing Viewpoints. Hi, Eric. Well, hello, guys. Thank you for having me. And man, that's a, a great introduction. I feel all warm and special inside. There you go. I know. I, I When I start, when I was writing it, I was like, wow, I'm like writing a proper introduction. The official, official welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Yes, yes. Happy to be here. Yeah, I know you've been here before, but we're excited to have you around again and and kind of continue talking about this Vikings team who were walk off winners against the Lions. It's now two and three on the season with one more game before we hit the bye. And it's a big game on the road at the Panthers. And so, Eric, we usually do this whole vent session when we lose. Luckily, we don't have to do that this week. I'm glad for that. Let's, let's let's be positive. Yes, it was ugly, but we got a win. So yeah, let's let's focus on and, the W. And that is what matters. So we call it the Power Minute of Positivity. And um, Eric, because you are the guest co-host this week, um, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. So I'm going to put you on a timer. We're going to count it down from 60 seconds, and put as much positivity as you can. Okay. I'll so, bat lead off. <laughs> there you go. All right. In three, two, one. Okay, uh, I'm going to start with Greg Joseph. And, nice. you know, a lot of people wanted to get rid of him, honestly, after week two when he missed against Arizona. Fans were upset with the long history of kicker struggles with this franchise. Um, I think a lot of fans were just like, whatever, let's move on to the next guy. And Mike Zimmer was like, wait a minute, let's give him an another chance. And he delivered, came through on Sunday against Detroit, um, set his career best with 55, and then obviously none none of his four field goals were bigger than the 54-yarder to end it. So happy for Greg. Uh, the other thing is the Vikings pass rush is much, much better than it was a year ago. And probably that has to do with Daniel Hunter being back and Everson Griffin being back as well. Both of those players did not play for the Vikings last year. Uh, but they are probably two of the of the 10 or so best pass rushers the team has ever had. And so it's good to have those two guys back in the fold. And then the last thing is, you know, I know it was ugly, but I'm glad they got a win. Um, oh, right on the money. Glad you got a win. That works, too. Yeah. Okay. What else good. were you going to say? I was just going to say, as we go into Carolina, um, you know, it hasn't been the prettiest season so far. Yeah. And 
just a chance to get to three and three to give yourself a chance to be competitive after the bye. I think that needs to be harped upon. Comparative to last season where you kind of tripped coming out of the gate, you're at a point now where you're better than you were last year. Kind of the same situation, but you have a chance to right the ship sooner than last season. And so that that is the positive spin on that for sure. If you win Sunday and you're three and three, you, get, you kind of reset and say, OK, let's take a deep breath. You know, the schedule is very tough after the bye, but at least you have a chance to be competitive. If you fall to under 500 and you lose in Carolina, it's just really tough sledding the rest of the way. And Carolina right now is feeling the same way, too, oh, yeah. for them. You know, they've, they've played a bunch of games at home so far this season. They see us walking in the door and saying, you know, we need to get right as well because they are going to play a ton of games on the road coming up here for the rest of their schedule. So this this game Sunday, I think, is going to be a bit of a dogfight for both teams trying to make sure that they're on the right side of that win. I can honestly see whoever wins the game is maybe in contention at the end of the year for a wild card spot, and whoever loses is maybe not. It's funny how you can kind of tr- you try and make those like predictions and see down the line um, and how things are shaping up already, but um, only time will tell. All yes, right, ma'am. Jay, three, two, one. I think the most positive thing that I can say about this past weekend's win was the fact that you did get the win. We've just been talking here about the fact that you're – on the doorstep of being 500 here before the bye, which I think is something that fans will definitely take. I know inside here, I'm sure the the, the players and coaches are also looking at it saying, this is the only option uh, moving forward for us. For me as a fan watching that game on Sunday, like I said before, there was a little bit of angst that came to it. But the fact was you saw Greg Joseph hit 250 plus yard yeah. kicks in order to bury that game, in order to to seal the victory, even when it looked kind of dire there right at the end. But for me, the fact that Greg Joseph hit both of those kicks, there is a a kind of a hurdle there that you have now for the future. You know that if it comes down to needing a 37-second drive at the end of a game to try to bury a long kick to, to, to give yourself a chance to win the game, we have the ability and the capability to do that. On top of that, Justin Jefferson in the first half was on fire in that on game. On fire. Hopefully he can do that again this week. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I know this is the power of positivity, but it is frustrating to not see him as dominant in the second half of the game, knowing that that was something that worked so well. And I don't particularly think the Lions made all these crazy adjustments to keep him out of things. So hopefully we'll be able to see more of JJ because clearly, and, and something I think we've talked about previously on this podcast is that Teams have to choose between Thielen and J.J., and the past two weeks, they've really negated Thielen, which has made Justin come alive, and so it's kind of like this like back-and-forth pull between the two. I've gotten a lot of fan emails this week mm-hmm. um, being harsh against the Vikings' offensive philosophy and Clint Kubiak and Mike Zimmer and saying, you know, why aren't, why aren't we throwing the ball more? You know, and, and I see their point because, you know, Justin Jefferson is, is a special talent, and sometimes you just got to throw him the ball, mm-hmm. and... You know, if it's third and eight, you know, I'd rather throw him the ball than than maybe anyone else on the team, <laughs> yeah. honestly. The thing that was crazy on Sunday was watching some of those throws that Kirk was was hitting him with on the sidelines, especially. I mean, he was bracketed, double, even triple covered sometimes. Mm-hmm. And Kirk was dropping in the bucket. And the nice thing with, with J.J. and Thielen and those guys, they are savvy enough at this point as receivers. They don't show their hands until the very last second to, to prove that the ball is going to be right there. And there were multiple times in that game as I was, you know, running stuff up in the control room watching it. And I'm just like, that was an incredible throw. And so there's another positive piece there for me is just the fact that Kirk was dealing and, um, you know, just 
kind of again proves give him some time he will slice and dice you and when you have a team that was without Delvin Cook again on Sunday and you're looking for a big time playmaker to step up and make some plays Mm -hmm. having Justin do that in the first half really gave you a shot in the arm and just proves this team can have multiple weapons on offense and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens again here coming up on Sunday hopefully they can unleash the beast again. Well, I'm going to put myself on the timer now, Eric, if you want to do the honors and just press start. Three, two, one, go. I kind of want to piggyback off of what you're talking about with Kirk Cousins, because I think everyone saw the moment at the end of the game where he was shoving Mike Zimmer. And I know it's like kind of went viral and and little did we know he was mic'd up for NFL films. So then everyone got to hear exactly what the exchange was, which if you haven't gone on Twitter and taken a look at it, it's definitely worth seeing. But I, I think it's so important that they were able to complete a game winning drive because you saw it against the Cardinals. You saw it against the Bengals. They can drive the ball down when they need to. They can get into scoring position when they need to, and they haven't been able to capitalize on it. And so for me, that was a huge vote of confidence, not only for your positive note on Greg Joseph getting that kind of like just confidence, straight confidence back in himself. Not that I think he lacked any, but that he was able to do that in front of the home crowd, really convince them, and then also that they were able to capitalize on a game-winning drive. Boom. I love being right on time. Nicely done. Thank you. I don't know if any of you have seen uh, Good Morning Football's Peter Schrager, but Peter Schrager was actually talking about our season so yes. far this year. I yes, saw it, yeah. I saw yeah. that. I, I, welcome to the fold as a Vikings fan. You know, there, there's always a time in the season. There's always been multiple games where you're like, man, we were that close. And it, yeah, that's happened multiple times here. And that that's where I think a lot of this angst as well from Sunday came from is just people saying like, man, we've. We haven't fully put a, a full game together this season. We we had a really good game against Seattle, but we haven't seen the ability to just take an opponent that you should handle and just finish it completely across the board, offense, defense, and special teams. And I think everyone felt like Sunday should have been one of those games because it it kind of you were stuck in the mud and, and it went the way that it did on Sunday. I, I really feel like this team's going to be motivated on Sunday to come out in Carolina and really put their best foot forward. And even in the Seahawks game, though, as good of a win as that looked, it was good defense in the second half. The the offense was, you know, not there. So it's still not like that complete game performance that we're looking for, which is kind of exciting because, you know, the potential is there. But at the same time, you're like, all right, when is that moment going to happen? Yeah. So we're obviously five games in Mm -hmm. and four of those games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Uh, I think the potential is there. I think there's also maybe, you know, as the games go along and you're in more and more of these close games, I think I'm starting to realize that maybe this is just who the Vikings are and that, you know, we're, we're, we're not a bad team. You know, I, I know we have a sub 500 record, but we're not a bad team, but we're probably not in the upper echelon, you know, with Arizona and Buffalo with only having one loss or no losses. We're probably right around in the middle with the potential to be good. You know, but if things don't break our way, then maybe we slide down a little. So that's just kind of who the team is right now. We're just kind of right there in the middle with, with a bunch of other teams. And that's probably what the NFL is. It's just a bunch of parody. And mm-hmm. it's who can make plays each week. If you if you make the plays like we did on Sunday and have a, a final drive, then you win. If you don't make the plays against like we did against Cleveland and you lose – that's, that's how it works. The NFL tends to be a battle of attrition, right? And it usually is one of those things where 
you, every team has is, issues with injuries. Every team has, has hurdles that they have to overcome. If you think about so far this season, we have had adversity in that you lost Dalvin for multiple games here, or at least he hasn't been right for multiple games. Uh, Michael Pierce has now been injured. But then you're starting to see also kind of the glimmers of hope with Anthony Barr coming back this mm-hmm. week. And then, you know, there's people that are they're pointing the finger at Derisaw was getting some more run this week as well. Yeah, playing with live bullets so like there are the 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 detriments of, of losing some of these players. But there's also, you know, you're, you're adding a lot of potential talent coming in here for for what could be. So, again, there are more places to sell hope here yeah. that um, your team is still trying to figure it out. And there are a lot of teams in the leagues that are that are that way. And how many times have we seen it? A hot team that started sure. at the beginning is the yep. one that falls off. The team that's been trying to figure it out finally puts it together at the end of the year. That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just never, all you need is to make a run towards the end of the season. What you did in the beginning matters as far as getting into the postseason. But as long as you're a team who's finally clicking towards the end, you might be hotter than a 5-0 and Arizona Cardinals team. And if you look right now at even a team like Carolina, they started off 3-0. and They were, they looked. Like, Everybody thought they would win the division. They thought they were world beaters at this point. Tom Brady now is kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I got something Isn't to say about that. Case, exactly though? right. <laughs> um, but the thing for me with Carolina is that Shaq Thompson going out and and a couple of their other playmakers that they've had that have been on injuries as of now. That that's why I think they, they've got a sense of desperation coming up here this week too. Is for that sure. they've lost some of their, their their big playmakers on that defense that's been very very good and and I and I think. They're they're kind of potentially regressing a little bit where we're kind of ascending a little bit, but but even after this last weekend, everyone's gonna say you gotta prove it yet. Yeah. Speaking of great defensive playmakers, that is who our player guest this week is. It was quite a performance on Sunday, earning his first sack ever at US Bank Stadium. Defensive lineman DJ Wanham. So let's bring him in now on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. And for the first time on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, we've got Vikings defensive lineman DJ Wanham. You got your first sack in U.S. Bank Stadium this yes, weekend. What was what was the crowd reaction like for you? Oh, it was amazing, man. Just uh, having getting, being able to get my first sack in U.S. Bank Stadium this year, uh, just hearing the crowd and. By it being on a big play, man, it just made it even better. You got a big bear hug from your teammate, too, Daniel yeah. Hunter. What was that like? I mean, he probably was pretty stoked for you. Yeah, he was, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been always, you know what I'm saying, just following him, trying to walk in his footsteps. And just him, you know, being excited for me, you know what I'm saying, just making that big play was a big thing for both of us. What is it like to, you know, I, I know you probably don't look at it like you're playing in his shadow or anything. Right, right. Never. Of course not. But but there are probably people out there that are like, you know, it, it's got to be hard sometimes. Like, it's great to learn on one hand, but on right. the other hand, hard to handle that pressure. Yeah, I don't really look at it as pressure. I mean, it's mostly like social media stuff, which I don't get on as much anyway. So, I mean, I just I just take it and roll with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting better each week and I'm just going to continue doing that. You know, for somebody who scrolls Instagram and online shops while watching TV, that's me. Right. <laughs> I, I find it like I think it's hard to to turn that off and not do that because of this day and age of right. what social media we're in. How what do you do in order to like not tempt yourself from looking at that stuff? I honestly don't know. It's just kind of a natural thing that I do. I don't just don't just don't get on it. Just don't go to it. You know what I'm saying? So don't know. It's pretty it easy for me. Yeah. Do you do you have the apps on your phone, though? Or do you like get rid of them during the season and bring them back on? Uh, I get rid of Twitter because mm-hmm. that's where really most of the stuff is. But Instagram, you know, what I'm saying? I keep I look on there every now and then. But yeah. 
one of my uh, one of my favorite people to run into in the hall here since I've been here. I've only been here since June, so I'm fairly new, just like you. Right. One of my favorite people to run into the hallway with is Andre Patterson. Oh yeah, he's always that. in a good mood. Yeah, he is so nice and just chipper all the time. I know you get to see both sides of him. Maybe when he's a little bit more fiery. Oh, for sure, for sure. But for what sure. is it like playing for somebody like Coach Pat? Oh man, it's it's amazing, man. Just the history that he has behind himself, uh, him having, you know, John Randall and all those great, you know what I'm saying, defensive linemen that he's developed uh, throughout this game and just being able to, you know what I'm saying, just come up in his system, especially being a rookie. And then now my second year playing under him and learning, you know what I'm saying, different things under him is is a great thing, you know what I'm saying, because I can see the, the future for myself and just getting better each day. How would you rate your level of improvement from the first day you stepped Onto the into the practice man, facility at Egan till now. A night and day difference, man. It's you feel night, it? Yes, it's a night and day difference. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still getting better each day. But compared to last year, I was what like 245 soaking wet, playing a four technique. Uh, it was it was it was a long season. But you know what I'm saying? I definitely can see the improvement drastically. What are you at right now? Uh, right now I'm at 260. Oh, okay. Yeah. Carrying the extra LBs, hopefully in those muscles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to work hard for that. You right. know, I don't think people realize how much you have to, like how much food you, you have, have to, to eat. Consume. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the amount of work, the games, the practices. You know what I'm saying? If I miss one meal, that's like four pounds that I've lost just off of missing a meal. Yeah, so you got to stay on it each day. I mean, sometimes it feels like you have to kind of force feed yourself. That's what, exactly what it is. <laughs> well, good thing the Vikings cafeteria has good food. Can't right. complain about that part, can you? Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, you know, another thing that's different for you this season is that there are a lot of veteran faces, but right. newer faces for you. Right. I know last season there was, it, it felt like a lot of new guys, first year, second year players. And now right. there's a little bit of age in the room, a little right wisdom i guess you can say exactly. how has that dynamic changed from the past two seasons like from last season to this season uh it's changed a lot because you know we got a, got a lot of guys that have seen different things you know what i'm saying that have experienced and been able to go out there and you know what i'm saying just as i'm playing they're telling me you know what i'm saying what they're seeing uh based off of you know what I'm saying their past experience so just having them in the room um and meetings is 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 a, is a big change for us and something like great for me yeah i mean you're think the youngest guy on the line right now right i mean that's got to be like you're just soaking up all the knowledge. Oh yeah, all the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ask a lot of questions? I learn based off of just like listening, observation, observation, listening. and listening. So I mean, I ask a question here and there, but I'm mostly just listening them. Why they saying they talking them, jotting it down, writing it down. Or like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a notebook or do you type oh, them yeah, up notebook. anywhere? <laughs> notebook, notebook every day. You got good handwriting. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, good. Pretty good. I mean, I I wrote notes down for this interview and I'm like, oh gosh, what did I write there? I can't even read what I'm <laughs> yeah. writing. But that's no, that's a good it's a good practice to have. Right. So this is a big it's a big game this week. You've right. got the Panthers, a chance to go to get to three and three before the bye. Right. Um, I know that every game is a big week and that's how you approach it. Mm-hmm. But heading into this one with the opportunity to play an offensive line who's struggling with injuries, a quarterback who's not playing his best right now, when you see that kind of stuff. Does it is it do you see a better game plan to get to the quarterback? You know, mostly keep it the same, you know, week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? We respect each and every one of our opponents that we play. Um, you know what I'm saying? And just going into the game, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna always, you know, whoever it is in front of us, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our thing, you know, so we're gonna get after them. So uh, regardless of the opponent uh who we're playing, you know what I'm saying, we always, you know what I'm saying, look up and 
respect our opponent, but you know what I'm saying? We're excited for a Sunday. We're, we're going to get after it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We're in Halloween season and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm expecting Sam Darnold to see some ghosts on the field oh, on yeah. Sunday. So, <laughs> um, but speaking of Halloween word on the street is that that is your birthday. Yeah. That's my birthday. <laughs> that's crazy. Growing up. What, what is it like, I guess, to have your birthday being on such a kooky holiday? Um, it's definitely different for sure. Uh, but like, as far as like celebrating it, when I was younger, we pretty much didn't, I don't know for what reason, but my mom didn't really let us go outside and trick or treat or whatever, get candy. No. Or nah. So, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely different. It's cool. Just being able to say my birthday on Halloween. You know what I'm saying? That's different. Nobody really birthday, you know what I'm saying? is on Halloween. So. Yeah. I was going to say, do you have like a favorite Halloween costume growing up? But it sounds like. I ain't you got did, no costume. Did, have you, did you dress up in college at all? <laughs> Never. So you you have you have a Halloween birthday and you've never worn a Halloween costume. Never worn a Halloween costume. I think we've. I feel like we need to. I well, gotta change that. Yeah, I feel like you gotta change that. But here's the problem: <laughs> we have a game on Halloween, so you're gonna dress up as a Vikings football player. So, true. I mean, it's it's a very popular Halloween costume for other people. Oh yeah, extremely. It's your business uniform, right. though. <laughs> it's your business right. clothes. Well, you know, I had this like exciting. Well, not exciting, but I had this little fun Halloween game to play with you. But I'm not sure how many of these things we can get to that you'll be <laughs> on board for. So it's basically just like a Halloween to to get to know you a little bit better, DJ, because I know uh-huh. that, you know, you're new around here and right. fans are kind of getting to know you. Right. And, and um, do you have a favorite Halloween candy? A favorite Halloween candy? Or candy in general. I'm going to go Jolly Ranchers, you know what I'm saying? Basically, you know what I'm okay. saying? So do you prefer like fruity candy to chocolate candy? Um, So I like both. Chocolate, you know what I'm saying? I got to go white chocolate. Uh, the cookies and cream bar, you know what I'm saying? That's, nice. that's my favorite chocolate book. As far as like candy, sweet wise, I'm going to go Jolly Ranchers. All right. I'm going to need you to do an audible thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Are we cool with candy corn? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. I'm with you on that one. Thumbs I don't down. understand candy corn. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, what is in your opinion, the best Halloween or horror movie? I'm going to have to go Paranormal Activity. Uh, that's a horror movie, but, but uh, also yeah. Jason. Jason, man, yeah, you like some Freddy of that Cougar. real dark stuff. Oh, I love, huh? I love uh, scary movies. Do you really? I love them. Yeah. Oof, I don't know if I can handle that. Each, actually, every one of them. How many? How, how, like, do you do you watch them regularly? How many would you say you watch like a month? Um, like what, horror movies? horror movies? Maybe like three or four. Man, you know what I'm saying? When you I just get like a chance. to be scared. Um, I just like the, I just like the thrill. I just like seeing it. There you go. There yeah. you go. So are you a roller coaster guy then? If you like, nah, the thrill? I ain't no roller coaster guy though. Okay. Nah, no roller coasters. No roller coasters. Nah. Okay. I was gonna ask you what your favorite Halloween tradition is, but I mean, I guess it's just celebrating your birthday with your family. Well, huh? like Halloween, like uh, we're always well. I'm always during football season, so very true. I never really get the chance to celebrate it anyway. So. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I know you've got big plans for your birthday this year, being Halloween. Um, is there any family going to be in town or anybody going to be celebrating your birthday with you? Yeah, my um, parents are actually going to be able to come to their first game uh, nice. in U.S. Bank. Yeah, so. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. So yeah. they weren't able to make it last year? Nah, because of COVID. Right. Yeah, so they'll be here. Oh, my uh, gosh. They're going to be so pumped for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. When you when you know they're out there, do you kind of like have a little extra juice in your, you know, a little spring in your step? Just a little bit. A little bit more. Yeah. Especially my dad. You know what I'm saying? He always jacked up, so. Just having them there is going to be a big thing for me. Yeah, for sure. I wish your brother could make it out, huh? He's yeah. kind of deep in the SEC schedule yeah, now. Yeah, he got a long season for himself. So maybe he'll play with me. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You'll have to talk to Rick about that. Right. Huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, DJ, for joining us here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We oh, yeah. like to have a good time over here and get to know you a little bit better. And best right. of luck on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
All right, big thank you to Vikings defensive lineman DJ Wana. What a fun guy. And honestly, it was so great to see him break through, get that first sack of the season, and get all that love from his teammates right after. Yeah, DJ's progressing well. Um, You know, he did not start Sunday. Everson Griffin got the start in place of him. So, you know, I think fans are kind of wondering, okay, where is he at in his progression? I think he's doing just fine. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick. No one expected him to come in and be Daniil Hunter, even though there were a lot of comparisons to him when he got drafted. Mm -hmm. Let's not label anyone like that. I mean, that's just too lofty of of expectations. Um, No, and I think... Andre Patterson's pretty careful about that label as well because he has made the comparisons before, but mainly more like the motor, um, mm-hmm. his personality, not really comparing the physical attributes or like his athletic ability. When he gets labeled, you know, compared in any way to Daniil, people expect double digit sacks, especially when he's in a starting role. So let's maybe temper that a little bit <laughs> and just let DJ give kind the of, guy a break, right? Yeah. Let him let him just be him, right? That's that's so true though. I mean you gotta think like as much as it's beneficial to have Daniil Hunter there to mentor him and bring him up, it's also gotta be like, wow, I wonder like the expectations for me are, you know, I'm I'm a completely different player and my expectations should be treated as such. Yeah, every player is different and every player is kind of their own entity um you know and with with the vikings long history of of great pass rushers too there's there's always high expectation for any defensive end or defensive lineman to get drafted here um so yeah i think dj is doing fine um yeah i think everson will continue to start Man, uh, he is the, really, yeah, really he, coming to his own. I and honestly, I get so juiced just watching him. I did the game day live interview with him last week, and he said he's like, I love how candid he was. He was just like, I want to put a whooping on him. You don't really get sometimes like people that still talk like that or players that are very like don't give them bulletin board material. Whateverson's like, I don't really care, and I'm gonna say it because that's what I want. And I, I just it's very refreshing. Yeah, I think the Vikings have benefited from his play this year but For also sure. the the energy that he brings i mean i think the team was desperately lacking that a, a year ago all right well now let's uh bury the past and look forward to the future we have a huge game on sunday the last one before the bye week the vikings completed that three game homestand and now they're on the road at a carolina team who's dropped the last two games so they're kind of not feeling too high as we mentioned a little bit earlier in in this podcast and we're feeling good so we're gonna give we're gonna go around and do what we always do to prepare for this big game We're going to go with two things we're excited about with this matchup and one thing that makes us nervous. So, Eric, you took the honors last time. We'll let you go first in this one. So take it away. Justin Jefferson, throw him the ball. (laughs) That's probably about as easy as I can say. I won't go on a long rant. Just throw him the ball. He had five catches for 104 yards in the first half and was just dominating. But in the second half, he only gets two targets two catches for 20 yards. And if you look at the stat line, you say, oh, okay, seven catches, 124 yards, he had a good day. But those of us who watched the game, I think we know the potential was there for so much more. And you go back and watch the film and, and some some kind of missed throws from Kirk where J.J. was open. And like I said earlier, just throw the guy the ball. I'd rather throw it up for him than really anyone else on the team, honestly. And sometimes... You know, I know the Vikings have a run-first approach, and, and that's the nature of Mike Zimmer. He wants to ground and pound and wear down the other team. But if you have a player who's a top, to me, a top five wide receiver in the league, you have to get him the ball as often as you can. 
And I know that the coaches and players have said, well, you know, they kind of changed up the coverage and they were bracketing him and rolling a safety over the top. That happens every, every game, game right? and that happens to Stephon Diggs, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, you know, all, all the number one receivers in the league have that coverage and yet they still find a way to be productive. So maybe, you know, let's plan for that a little bit and I'm sure the coaches mm-hmm. do. So if they do kind of bracket him, well, what play or what, you know, bundle of plays can we go to that will beat that? It, for as much as we want to be a run first offense, to me, he's the best player probably on the team, honestly. I mean, well, I, when I, Dalvin I, Cook is not in the lineup, he is the best player. Don't you think the best skilled player? Because Dalvin Cook is questionable. And we don't know if we'll see him on Sunday. We don't know when we'll see him. And so when it is a game where you know he's not going to be in the lineup, yeah, that would be awesome to see it kind of throw it around a little bit. I think the one thing I've noticed about these coaches, you want to be your identity. But at the end of the day, most coaches say, like, I want to create the best plan for the players that I have. And like you said, if you if you see the ability to pass more, maybe that's, you know, something to to keep in mind because I think that's usually what coaches try to do. And coaches also want to win. So how, how, <laughs> honestly, how can we win? You know, I, yeah. I'm, I posted a tweet the other day. Like I said, the Vikings like to run the ball. So the tweet was, you know, the Vikings ran the ball 28 times on Sunday, but six of those times were second and eight or longer. And, and that's not a surprise. We know the Vikings like to run the ball even on second and long, but those six runs mm-hmm. only totaled 12 yards. And, it's fine if you run it on second and nine and get six yards and then it's third and three and you're in a much more manageable situation. But if you only get one yard, then it's third and seven. And then, you know, that puts you in a tough situation. I understand the the need and the want to run the ball. But if it's second and long, to me, two passes has a better chance of get, of moving the sticks and getting a first down than a run and then a pass, mm-hmm. especially if you're throwing it to, to J.J., one or two of those times. So, you know, I'm not saying we need to throw to him every play. I I understand that the Vikings like to run the ball and are good at running the ball. But if we can just maybe, like, move the sliders a little bit on on how often he's getting the ball, he's just such a dynamic talent. Maybe we can sneak into the offices and just kind of doctor it up a little bit in the playbook. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't get me in trouble. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Don't get me in trouble. I don't know you. But yeah, I, I understand. I understand the team's offensive philosophy, and I think it's a an approach that can work. I also think if you have a dynamic wide receiver out there, try to get get him the ball as much as you can. All right, number two thing you're excited about? Yeah, Christian Darisaw. Um, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, finally, nice to see some contributions from more rookie players. I know that eleven man rookie class has kind of had a, a little bit of a tough go with it with injuries and and playing time, but. Sunday was the first stepping stone of him being the starting left tackle, hopefully for a long time for this franchise. He was effective when he was in there, too. Yeah, yeah, I thought he played well. You know, he only played, I think, 28 snaps. I think Rashad played 39. So it wasn't exactly a 50-50 split. And and that's understandable. You know, he's kind of still working his way back from that procedure he had in August. And he's still kind of getting back into football shape. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another rotation of sorts again Sunday. But I think after the bye, if you're kind of going to have like a two-game rotation type thing after the bye then, maybe that's when he's the full-time starter. And, you know, it could be a case where he takes over that spot for the next 10 years. You know, we, we don't know. But he looked good. Um, he still has room to grow. And that's expected, you know, of, a, of being in your first NFL game. Um, but I yeah. think the, the potential with him is high. And we all know if you can get a franchise left tackle – for you know, 
the long term, that is one of the best options and the best area to have covered. Every team begs to have that, especially when they draft a guy coming in. I mean, we even saw last week Panay Sewell with with the Lions out there. You just you know that they're expecting him to be out there for a decade plus yeah. when they go through and you invest somebody that high in a draft pick. I just think Mike Tice this week was on Skull Stories with Pete Bursich and they were talking, you know, any advice you have for Christian Derisaw. And his answer was essentially, as the game starts to slow down for you, it's it's going to be easier. But to start just rely on your technique and all the things that you've been taught over the years because just have that base to know that you know there's a reason you've been drafted this high there's a reason this team has brought you in revert to back to the things that worked for you and I think that was the thing that people were talking about after Sunday was just watching some of the plays and saying you know drop the anchor and just really held his own against some of those guys that were really bull rushing and uh, there was a lot of things to be excited about for Christian Derisaw. Yeah I think he's only going to get better um, I think that he's going to get thrown into the fire, honestly. I mean, uh, Carolina has Brian Burns. Uh, Dallas has the rookie Micah Parsons. If you look down the second half of the schedule, almost every team we face has a lethal pass rusher. And that's probably the case every week. I was but, like, I feel like that's been the case so far. <laughs> but it seems like the, the best of the best are coming. You yeah. Know? Uh, we play both um, Bosa brothers coming up. TJ Watt. Turn down for what? Yeah. He's scary, he's scary. definitely taking the mantle from his brother too, just as far as being one of those elite pass rushers. So Christian's definitely gonna have his work cut out for him when it, you know it was almost like a it was almost like a baton just a tiny switch, bit right just because the age difference too age injuries all that kind of stuff yeah, I just all that jazz TJ you know yeah he's definitely one of those guys so yeah. you're right I mean Darisaw definitely mm-hmm. he's he's gonna have to mind his p's and q's and be ready every single week when but he that's steps gonna out there. I mean that's gonna be the way it is for the rest of his career so this is just you know I mean getting ready to go and hopefully for a bright future so Eric let's get to what you're nervous about for Sunday same thing I've been nervous about every week now and that's our run defense we've given up a hundred yards every game this season and Mm -hmm. you know I thought that Barr coming back would help and I think it did a little bit but Michael Pierce was out so that's kind of a a cat 22 where you haven't had a full a full arsenal yet um I I don't know what it is but it's just it's just not clicking and and I think the talent is there you know we, we seemingly have all the pieces if you if you go to each individual player in the lineup you say okay that player is good but collectively you know, we just haven't been able to stop the run. And we've given up, you know, 100 yards in every game. I think we're one of five teams that have done that. And Yeah, it's it, a, yeah it, we're 22nd in run defense right now. Yeah, it's, it, um, it's, it's, not, it's not great, but, um, you know, the, pass, the passing defense is obviously much improved. And with Anthony Barr kind of back in the mix, I think maybe with him being in charge of putting everyone in their place, it could be a little bit more effective. If Christian McCaffrey is not as effective this game, that could also help out, fingers crossed. Um, I don't wish anybody any injuries. I just mean if he's just not 100%, it might not be awful to see a 75% McCaffrey. <laughs> right, right. If McCaffrey goes, you know, he's a dynamic talent for sure. And, you know, in both the run and the pass game. But, you know, it'd be nice if we have a game where we hold him to 70 yards rushing and get him in third and long a lot and, you know, get five or six sacks. That That's the ideal way that the Vikings want to play defense. And that hasn't been the case. I mean, like I said, 100 yards allowed on the ground in every game so far this year. Eventually, that's going to wear you down game by game. But also, once we get into November and December, too, if you're Mm -hmm. trying to stop the run 40 times a game, that's a a tough sledding. 
offensively, they've been kind of a mirror of what we've had the last couple of weeks as well with McCaffrey out, you know, Chuba Hubbard coming in. Number two guy stepping in, he had some pretty good weeks as well. And so it, if McCaffrey's in there, you have to account for him no matter what. Uh, you have to put spies on him. You have to basically have people just mirroring him for the entire game. Uh, Chuba coming in there for their offense, it, it's literally like Madison walking in for ours where he's a different skill set and and at Oklahoma State he was he was a beast mm-hmm. and and so for you know defensively Andre Patterson and those guys are going to be looking at this trying to figure out okay how do you game plan for McCaffrey how do you game plan for Hubbard and then on top of that um you know what I'm going to talk about here coming up here Sam Darnold Ooh. is going to be their X factor as well in, in in being able to keep that offense moving if we were to be able to stop uh, both of those running backs. Well, all right, then. Let's just dive right yeah, in then, Jay. <laughs> I like the tease. So let's go with your two things you're excited about and one thing that makes you nervous. All right. Picking up on what we were just talking about then for me, um, I will I will jump into the uh, I'm kind of excited about the fact that we get to play Sam Darnold this week. Yeah, you're you're dancing a little bit on the fence um, of what direction that team's going to be able to go depending on Sam's play. But given what happened the first three games versus the last two games, um, I'm actually kind of excited about the fact that we get to play Sam this week. Uh, in the first two games, he was he was fairly lights out. He had 880 yards passing, 68% completion, um, three passing TDs, three rushing TDs, only one pick and six sacks. So you're still able to get to Sam. But in these last two two games that they've had, especially against Dallas, um, he's only threw, thrown for 478 yards in those two games, but one of those games he had a 300-yard game. So this last game he only wow. threw for 178, mm-hmm. but in that span he's had three passing TDs, two rushing TDs, five picks, yep. and eight sacks. So like, there is a formula there for Sam to, if you get in his face, he will make mistakes. I know we've we've said this week after week after week this season, especially with your your Baker Mayfields and those kind of guys as well. well Jared Goff. Yeah, it's like between Mayfield, Goff, and now now Darnold. It's like where teams have had success, especially Dallas, was up the gut, and and it was getting in his face and and making him uncomfortable because the pocket wasn't necessarily there. They've currently had three offensive linemen that have gone on IR so far this season, and one of those guys was Pat Elfline, who we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their offensive tackle, uh, Cameron Irving, was listed as questionable with an injury as well. So like, their offensive line is beat up, and Sam is not going to be comfortable, um, especially if we're able to get push up the middle. So I well, and we saw what happens when your offensive line is not 100 percent healthy this last week against this Vikings brush, yeah, so pass rush. Excuse me. Given exactly what Eric was talking about there, you know, you're nervous about the run game because I think that they're going to have to try to rely on that. Um, but for me, it's if you can get to Sam in those situations and, and force him to make some mistakes, that's that's an absolute difference for our offense, just flipping the field and and, and getting Sam here in footsteps uh, as the as the game's going on. I mean, it's almost like Sam Darnold will turn the ball over. So it's what you do with it afterwards. Yeah. You can't kick a field goal. You can't turn the ball over again or uh, punt like you can't have that happen and I think that's also part of the problem is that like capitalize on your turnovers absolutely yeah you can't go three and out you can't get stuck in the mud and those kind of things yeah. those, those can be game changers and you just if if you're able to to make him make those mistakes you have to capitalize you're you're exactly right uh number two thing that I'm excited about actually is something we talked about just a little bit ago Greg Joseph I'm actually excited about the fact that um given the good note that we left this last game on, you know, I did a little bit of looking here. So far, he's hit five kicks of over 50 yards this yeah, season. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So 
Greg the leg. It's been a Greg the leg. It's been a long time since since we've had. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's been a long time since we've had um, someone we can rely on from from deep like that uh, consistently, and it just feels like yes, there was the kick earlier in the season that that he missed from that distance at the end of the game. But I think as the the season progresses, and if 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 we rely on him, or at least if he's called upon to do this, he knows he can do it, and so five kicks of over 50 yards. He's 11 to 12 on extra points and 10 to 12 on field goals. So like if he can continue to progress and, and get more confidence, I think it's going to be great being able to trot him out there and, and expect for him to hit those kicks. Well, yeah, especially like I said, if we're going to be in these close games, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not going to win by 10 or, you know, lose by 10. And like I said, four of the five games have been one possession or less. We're going to need Greg mm-hmm. to come through. And I think that's what we've seen so far this season. And that's a that's actually a, a league thing too right now. That yeah, the, isn't that interesting? Well, how many missed extra points this this weekend? Like broke a, a league record on that kind of stuff, which was crazy. That that Cincy Green Bay game at the end where there were five missed kicks in the in the final <laughs> essentially ten minutes of, of gameplay was insane. Riveting television. Um, but it, you know, and that think about the angst that those coaches and, and players were oh, having sure. during that game too. Just we got it, we don't, we got it, we don't. Then it becomes um, just this mental battle at yeah. that point, but. Yeah, so for, for for me, I'm I'm just excited about yeah. the fact that you know we have a guy here that that we expect moving forward is going to hit these kicks and 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 um, I think that's something that the entire team should be excited about. The last thing for me, what makes me nervous this yes. week, it's kind of something we also hit on a little bit. That Carolina defense, especially against the run, um, they've been super stout this season. These last couple of weeks, they have been leaky, so there is some game film there on, on what we can potentially do to to you know neutralize that a little bit. But going into this week, they were number one in the league in opponent passing yardage. They were number two in the league in total yards given up, number three in points allowed, and number eight in league against the run. So Eesh. like that defense had been putting on a, like a historic pace through the first three <laughs> weeks, but the the fact that they're like many other teams, including ours, they're dealing with some injury issues. And one of the biggest ones this past week when uh, in the Philly game, they were without Shaq Thompson, who was their leading tackler and at linebacker. And I think, um, you know, with him out and then J.C. Horn went out with a foot and Justin Burris went out with a groin. Both of those guys went on IR prior to the Philly game. Like, again, they're dealing with this battle of attrition and, and injuries and stuff. So I think that there are ways that we can gash them, especially – if, if Dalvin's in, great. If he's not, Alexander has has proven that if we need to call upon him to carry the load when it comes to a running game, I think that um, you know the offensive line is going to have their work cut out for him. But there are ways to to exploit this defense. Well, that's exciting to hear because this offense one of these one of these games is you know is going to have just an insane performance. It's going to click and come together. Yeah, I think the potential is there. I mean, we saw that in Arizona. You know, they had yeah. a great game. Uh, we just didn't win the game. Yeah. That's very true. One of mine is similar to yours, Jay, in the fact that Sam Darnold will turn the ball over and you can rattle him and he's not feeling his best self right now. So I think that this Vikings pass defense that's been top 10 in the NFL, they have 17 sacks on the year and 86 pressures. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they going to be in their faces, and especially with a beat-up offensive line. So that's kind of I'm, – I'm excited to see them continue their dominance. It really has been a very bright spot and a consistent spot in this team, which I think the consistency factor is the most important part of uh, the point that I was trying to make. Um, my next thing I'm excited about, I'm pretty pumped to experience my first Kirktober. And so far, I think um, the hype is there. The hype is real. I, I, what I was most excited about is he kind of started October, Kirktober off pretty 
Pretty early. Pretty pretty bad. I'm on the Kirk on, Timber. I, that's true. That's very true. But then he had that. He had a bad game. His passer rating went way down um, against the Browns. But you know he is 11th in the NFLs when it comes to passer rating, which I like to see. I think it can go up. I think that bad game that you know that dud 60 percent I think was hit or 60. Point seven passer rating or something along those lines was what kind of makes his average creep a little farther down there. But 10 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, but I think the most important part of that equation, though, is despite the offensive line having moments of not as good play, I guess you could say, they have only allowed nine sacks. And I think that's pretty key because we all know Kirk does better with time in the pocket. So it's the ninth fewest in the NFL. And so, um, you know, that that kind of, to me, sets this up for hopefully the next two games are in October. So from what all the rumors about this being Kirk's month, I'm, I'm excited to see that in Carolina. Yeah, he, he's played well. I mean, there's no denying that. And I think what's frustrating is I think the, team, the Vikings need to take advantage of the games where he does play well because we've seen in the past, and you know, not every quarterback is going to be on for for seventeen games. Sure. And when the games where Kirk is on and he's really on, those games have to be wins. Mm-hmm. The games where he's not on, you know, people need to kind of pick up the slack around him and, yeah. and help carry the team. And that's what that's where the two and three record to me is frustrating. Is through five games, I think Kirk has played overall really well. You know, and if we had a winning record, you'd probably feel better about it. But you're two and three, and you're like, okay, we, we got to keep digging ourselves out of this hole. You know, and that's why Sunday is, is such a big game. Just put it all together for a week, you know, have Kirk deal, have the defense step up, and, and feel good about a, a full fledged win going into a bye. Third down makes me nervous. It always does right now. I feel like this is something that um, I felt good about one game. I think it was the Seahawks game where they had a 60% conversion rate in third down. But overall, it's a 39.1%, 19th in the NFL. And if you want to sustain drives, which we so desperately need to do, I it makes me nervous when they get on the field. Um, I think what leads to more <laughs> anxiety is the fact that Carolina – leads the NFL in third down defense. And so I know that that was also something the Lions hung their hat on last week. You know, they they weren't not that great on first and second down, but third down was kind of where they were able, the defense was able to get a lot of stops. And it's some place that we've struggled. I mean, we weren't great last week in third down, um, still able to come away with a win. But I think that also leads to the margin of victory being so small as not being able to sustain the drives and not converting on third down. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what I said about maybe trying to throw the ball a little more. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, if you if you throw the ball more and you have a chance for bigger plays and and you know longer longer chunks of yardage, maybe you, you don't have to worry about third and seven. The distance is the thing that that fans are looking at. It. It's third and seven. Why are you handing the ball off? Third and seven. Why are you doing a quick dump pass? You know those those kind of, of pieces. I, I just I I I'm hoping that. If we are willing to open it up a little bit more, whatever the heck that means at this point, because that's whatever you know, that's in the zeitgeist of everyone saying, just open it up and let them throw and let them go yeah. crazy. It it's more of the play calling at times. They're they're saying just get the ball out of his hands, just get get the ball down the field, just hand it off so that playmakers can make their plays. For me, with third down, it, it it's so much predicated on you got to get more than one or two yards a rush. You've got to get that ball down the field. And whether that is doing a quick screen, whether that is just throwing some outs to the to the sidelines, 
whatever it's going to be, get to your third and shorts and then make sure that, you know, if they know they're loading up the box because we're probably going to run it, switch it up and throw a pass just over the top or throw it down the seam and just keep moving those sticks because that's a game of momentum for the offense. And honestly, with Dalvin out on Sunday, the run game wasn't great. If you look at the the box score, you think, oh, okay, Madison ran for 113 yards on 25 carries. Yeah, he had a good day. But obviously 48 of those yards came on that one run. Yeah. And even then, he had to make a guy miss at the line of scrimmage. It wasn't like it was a wide open hole. Mm-hmm. you know. So if you take away that 48-yard run, then you're looking at 24 carries for... 60 yards, 70 yards. Yeah. You know, it was only two and a half, three yards to carry. That That's not going to cut it. And it, it just, it all kind of blends together. If you can't run the ball effectively on any down, then you're just not going to really move the stick that often. Yeah. Very true. It is all just a circle of the circle of life. I don't know why that popped into my head for a second there. You're a giant Lion King fan. Giant. Don't even. <laughs> this is a whole other podcast with my Disney obsession, so we won't go into that. But, um, but no, um, it's it's an exciting time. There's a big opportunity ahead for the Vikings this week when they t- hit the road to play Carolina. Um, and honestly, I think what two weeks ago we probably would have been a little bit more scared of this team and not maybe think a win was as possible or it was going to be a lot harder to get done than we did, you know, two weeks ago. So that's always the the positive note to end this podcast on. But um, we're going to do a couple of shameless plugs before we get going. Eric, what you got going on and cooking up this week? As we do every week, yep. opposing viewpoints. Uh, looking forward to that. That's a if you don't know that, that's a new show we started this year with Tatum and I, and then we have a reporter who covers the opposing team. We've done it every week so far this season. Uh, we try to make it fun, you know, lighthearted. Yeah, I feel like I walk away learning something about the opponent definitely every single time, kind of setting it up, and then knowing what what we have to do in order to negate what they talk about, because I think you do a really good job of bringing that up. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. And you get to know other people around the league, other personalities and other opinions. So, yeah, those are that's on Thursday. So those that'll drop on Thursday. And then, Jay, we've got the Audible this week. Back for another week. And uh, this week's guest is probably my nomination for the Vikings locker room for the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> this week's guest is Stephen Weatherly. It's great to have him back. He was in Carolina last season. Um, having Stephen back on this defense has been great to have him as as part of that that uh, defensive end spot that's just been rotating uh, over and over again. And Stephen is always a great interview. So you never know what hobby he's picked up next. Um, Very true. And and I'm sure you'll talk a little bit about his time in Carolina absolutely. too, and how you know excited he is for this week to get back there and um, play for the Vikings instead. <laughs> yeah. So so check that out uh, Thursday night on KFAN. Uh, six six to seven p.m. and then Friday nights for uh, Fox and then Bally Sports North this weekend as well. So check those out for both radio and TV broadcasts. And then we've got the game day live interview that I'm with Eric Kendricks this week. I'm super pumped to have him across the chairs for me. That will air on game day live, which if you didn't know, happens on Fox nine at nine thirty in the morning, right to get you primed and ready to go for that noon kickoff and post game live. will be following the game this week. We have former Vikings running back, Robert Smith, the legend himself will be our analyst for that game. So 
pretty pumped about that. He hasn't been here in three weeks because we've been do we've been home. So just keep sticking to the Vikings Entertainment Network, Vikings.com, all of the digital channels for all of the content to get you ready for Sunday's big game. Big thanks to Vikings team reporter Eric Smith for jumping on the podcast today. Eric, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to a good game on Sunday. Let's go, right? For Jay Nelson, I'm Tatum Everett. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.